0: If you have your scriptures with you, I invite you to look up the Gospel of Matthew, it's the first gospel. I'm going to share with you a story, an amazing story. I've read it in probably six, seven languages, and it turns out to be the same story. I've read copies of the story written a thousand years ago. I've, written, I've read copies of the story written... 20 years ago, I read copies of the stories written 1,500 years ago. And guess what? The same story. The same story. So listen up to and for the word of the Lord. After Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Maria Magdalena and the other Maria came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly, The earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, comes right upon the rock, moves the rock, and sits on it. His garment shimmered snow white. They blazed. The guards in the tomb were so scared that they kind of felt like if they were dead. They were so frightened they couldn't move. Then the angel spoke to the women that were there. There is nothing to fear here, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed on the cross. He's not here. He was raised just as he said. Come and look at the place where he was placed. Now get out on your way quickly. Go tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. He is going on ahead to, for, to meet with you in Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message I have for you. The woman deep in wonder and full of joy lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples Then Jesus met them stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. They fell in their knees, embraced his feet, and worshipped him. Jesus said, "Uh, you're holding unto me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. Go tell my brothers and sisters that they are going, that I will meet them in Galilee. I'll meet them right there. The word of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you heard the news this morning as I was sharing with my three lovely ladies here that as they opened the door to, to Betty, Sarah, and, and Georgia, they, they opened the door, did you hear the news? Did you see what happened in the news? And their heart started beating and it raced. They got color. <laughs> and, and I said, a dead man got up and walked. And then they kind of took a second. Oh, of course. Now, Sarah is trying to figure out how to get, get back at me. <laughs> but it's true. I, you know, and, and, and as I was getting ready for this week, many weeks ago, I was thinking, what? What is it that God would want me to tell, uh, these people about the resurrection? Not so much what you would like to hear or what would catch your attention and keep you here and listening. No, not so much that. But what would God wish for me to tell you about the resurrection? What simple, straightforward message would God wish for you to receive this morning. Oh, there are thousands of volumes written about the resurrection through hundreds of years, I believe about two thousand years. Most of it focuses in proving the resurrection. A lot of these books and mirrors shelves or shelves of books throughout countries and cities in every language conceivable has written to try to prove the resurrection. Well, I decided not to do that. No, I decided not to teach you or share anything this morning to prove the resurrection because I will have a class starting, uh, announcement, a class starting uh, April 23rd in which we are going to delve deep into the evidence of the resurrection and its implications to us here and as we approach Okay, you got it. As we go into our own experience of death and resurrection. But that would be later. This morning, today, I would just like not to talk to you about the proofs of the resurrection. But instead, what does the resurrection prove? I don't want to share with you the proof of the resurrection. No. I think the Bible deals with that too. And it settles it. But I want to share with you very briefly, what are the, what are the, Keys. What is the results? What are the gifts that we have? What are the keys to the resurrection? I have a lot of keys here. I'll be talking about each one of them in both trees. So maybe by 6 o'clock tomorrow we'll be done. (laughs) So allow me this morning to share with you a few keys about the resurrection. Let me explain what kind of entrance, what kind of access What kind of of thing happens in the resurrection? What kind of doors are open to us in the resurrection? Let me shed, allow me please to shed some new light on what does the resurrection prove to you and me? Firstly, the resurrection proves that Jesus' words, listen to this. The resurrection proves that Jesus' words were true. The angel kind of says it. He is not here. The one who you are looking has been raised just as he said. So if Jesus said that he was going to rise and he did, the resurrection proves that the words of Jesus, that we are the light of the world, that the words of Jesus, that we are forgiven, that the words of Jesus that say that you are the salt of the earth, that the words of Jesus says, you are my children. Are they true? Are they true? I don't hear it. Are they true? So the words of Jesus are true. Therefore, the resurrection proves that Jesus' promises, that Jesus' words are are true, they're real. How many of you have experienced something like that? That the words of Jesus have become reality in your life? Let me see some hands. That the words of Jesus, a lot of testimony. Praise God. Secondly, as we move quickly, the resurrection of Jesus Christ not only gives us a key to a life of truth and reality with God, but the resurrection proves that God's plan for reconciliation is on. Oh, it's on. It's been on for 2,000 years. God's plan to restore, God's plan to make us one out of many, God's plan so that families who fight, yes they do, can still find reconciliation in the love of Christ beyond differences. That's proven in the resurrection. You see, the resurrection proves that God's plan for reconciliation is on, on the cross, God forgave our brokenness, our rebellions, and sentenced to death. In the open empty grave, God gives us the key to reconciliation. We can be forgiven by God, but if we do not build a life of reconciliation with one another, forget the tomb. It's worthless. So now we have a key, the second key. We'll see them now. We had the first key, which was the key to real life. Okay? The second key is the key to reconciliation. Reconciliation means building up relationships. Reconciliation means giving up the fight. Reconciliation means that the other person is more important to you than you are to yourself. Because they are God's children too. Reconciliation means that you're going to love and you're going to offer your brother and sister your best, not your worst. Reconciliation means that forgiveness will always be at the tip of our lips. Grace will always be there. Acceptance will always be there. That is a life of reconciliation. So we have those two keys in the resurrection. Thirdly, the resurrection opens the doors to a new creation, a new life. A new you, a new way of feeling, a new way of seeing, a new way of walking, a new way of experiencing life. You get me? You feel me? I lost you. Let me repeat this again. The resurrection gives you the opportunity not to be your old self. Ah. Oh, I look at myself in the mirror. When I was younger, I liked it. But, honey, she's very merciful. (laughs) She's very gracious. So we grow gracious, right? (laughs) Because gravity takes hold of our bodies and wrecks havoc. But when we were young, but you know, when you look in the mirror, do you just look at your physical being? No. You know how I know we don't always look at ourselves in the mirror? Because sometimes we look at the mirror and we look in the eyes that are reflected back. And sometimes we don't like what we see. Sometimes we just mm, go away. Uh, it's not this. It's that when we look at ourselves, we don't always see goodness. We don't always see mercy. We don't always see a smile. We don't always see this position. We find ourselves... Enslaved to an ego that's never satisfied with anything. Enslaved to wants. Enslaved to a society that has turned us into consumers instead of human beings. So, in the resurrection, we have a key to change that. To change your way of walking. Change, oh, I, I, not walking. Yeah, walk with freedom. Live with the freedom of the Spirit, not judging, not looking at what the others know. In the change, because God looks at you like God's own son. Not like you look at yourself in those secret moments. He sees Jesus in you. He sees a new person. He sees a new you. He sees what you were intended to be from birth. So, in the resurrection, we can change our miserable, negative, self-rejecting life to a life of joy, of power, and the life that can change and is influential to others. Lastly, the resurrection proves that we are family. The resurrection proves that in those days when the whole issue happened, it was Greek against Roman, Jew against whatever. The Jews were divided amongst themselves. There were Zealots, and there were Pharisees, and there were Sadducees, and there were Puerto Ricans, and there were Mexicans, and there were Anglo-Europeans, and there were blacks, and they didn't get along. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the cross, Kills the enmity, the resurrection builds a family. You get it? In the cross, the enemy between one another is gone. In the resurrection, we become family. We become family. Can you believe I'm your family? Can you believe I'm your family? Look at my brother here. Come on, brother, stand up. Look at my brother. He's my brother. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing. That's the way it happens. We become one family. So I'm going to challenge. Oh, if you live around here, how many of you live around here and have never been here before? Listen, live around here and have never been here before. Very good. How many of these are your first time here? Okay. Oh, you. Oh, I got you guys. Because <laughs> you see, when God makes a family, He likes the family to hang together, right? And and, and no, we're not going to go to your house and do the barbecue. Because we are all one big family. Look around. Do we look like each other? Well, I'm going to say yes. Because now in the resurrection, when I look at Sean, I don't see Sean. I see Jesus. When I look at you, I see Jesus. When I look at Charlie, I see Jesus. When I look at Cheryl, I see Jesus. When I look at Esther, I see Jesus. And if we begin to relate to each other, Judy, hi, Jesus, Judy. Yeah. In the resurrection, we're family. Uh, uh, There's a little song that says, We are family. Can we say it? (laughs) We are family. One more time. We are family. Okay, you got it. So I want to invite you. If you don't have a home base, uh, I mean by home base, a spiritual home base, a place that you can grow, you can doubt, you can cry, you can be happy, Spiritually, we invite you. We, I'm going to challenge you to to consider, if you live in the area, and those of you who are from here, hickeys, uh, uh, (laughs) get the message. Oh, I'm straight. Where's Onika, my girl? Onika, can you hear me back there? I want to challenge all of those to come for four Sundays in a row, and then they'll come again. I'm serious. Come for four Sundays in a row, And then don't come again. I know you'll come again. But I I, want to ask you, should you come four Sundays in a row? What do you think may happen to your life? Like Jesus said, scared. Oh, don't be scared about this. It's good. Come for four Sundays. Experience what it is to be part of an imperfect family. But a family of faith. Experience being offended here. Oh, I'm going to offend you. I'm going to guarantee that. But guess what? I will also apologize when I know I have offended you. Oh, uh, 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 Joyce may offend Charlie, but Charlie and Joyce will apologize to one another and stay family. So I invite you to be part of this very imperfect family. But you know why? Our parent is very good. Our parent, Jesus, and the Lord God is amazing. He can make all those rough stuff become smooth, become easier, so that we can be family. So the resurrection proves that we can live reality with God, gives you access to be close to God. The resurrection proves that God's plan in giving us the key of reconciliation. The the resurrection proves the power of God By giving us the key to change our lives. And the resurrection proves that we are family. There's nothing else that can change our lives as being part of the family of God. Many of us live alone. Some of us, like Mr. Tom, has not been able to come to church for many weeks because he doesn't have a way here. But the family of God helped. And also Dolly. Sometimes doesn't have a way here. But the family of God pulls together. And brought Mr. Tom. And brought Dolly. Thank you family of God. Let us pray. Dear God we thank you that you rose from the dead. But in rising up. You give us the keys. To get close to you. Keys that will just. Make us be happy with one another and peace with one another, keys that will help us change and keys that will bring us to the family of God. Through Christ our Lord, we thank you. Amen.